0: Welcome to the Verb Moto Broadcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, an absolute ripper out of the state of Texas goes by the name of Cade Johnson. Cade, welcome to the Verb Moto Broadcast.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Hey, thanks for making some time for us. I'm sure you're still in a little bit of recovery mode from Loretta Lins. Uh We had heat, we had rain, we had heat after the rain came, uh, and you were kind of caught all in the middle of that, all man, man. So uh, uh, kind of tell me a little bit about your, your preparation for going to the ranch, and then once we hit play on it, how the thing played out for you.
1: Yeah, so um, we prepared quite a bit. I went down to um, MTF for a little bit before um, – loretta's to train with some pretty fast kids down there um so because there's really fast 125 kids down there so we trained down there and we came to loretta's and honestly the heat at loretta's wasn't even that bad compared to georgia and the texas heat this year so um it was kind of it wasn't super hot on that aspect but the uh the rain was for sure a curveball and um i felt like i managed it pretty good but um yeah it, it was it was for sure something interesting so certainly now
0: would you consider yourself i wouldn't i wouldn't say a mud specialist certainly you got a little paste bit of a taste of it at freestone earlier this year when the skies opened up um but are you are you someone who's sort of like when the when the skies open up you're just rubbing your hands together let's drop the gate i want to show what i can have or are you uh are more of the mind of uh when when things go sideways or things are slick and sloppy that you're you're not having so much fun
1: so actually um pretty much like my entire life it was kind of i didn't really like it but recently for some reason i've just kind of gotten good in the mud and i kind of really like it now so um i think i'm more of a i, I drop those gates with us go racing type of deal nowadays so uh um i i guess it's a new grown um love for the mud so yeah
0: fair enough you've uh, it's an acquired taste for you perhaps now, um, this is, like I said, your first time on the Verb Moto broadcast, but I had you on the, uh, the Big MX Radio podcast, oh, got to be almost four or five years ago already Already now, uh, when you debuted, uh, and you must have done some pre-production testing on this thing, or at least had it in your hands before uh, they, they uh, released it to the public, but uh, you were one of the first kids to be racing and doing extremely well on the Yamaha YZ65 when it came out, uh, you now find yourself on a 125. Uh, but it's been quite the journey along the way.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. So we signed with um, Yamaha in 2018, or actually 17. But I didn't ride the Yamaha until 2018, and um, yeah, it was it was it was the the Yamaha 65 was a new bike at the time. and It was for sure experimental, and um, but I kind of got down it down and how to ride it because a lot of people um didn't love it because they just didn't really know how to ride it. But uh, I kind of got the feel for it, and I started winning some championships and doing pretty well, and uh, stayed with Yamaha ever since, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, you're looking good on the two-strokes, man. It's probably only a matter of time before you uh, move up to a full-blown four-stroke. Maybe that's in the next few months. Honestly, uh, i love to see you on the 125, man. Um, So let's talk about that class. Uh, you raced the, I believe it was the 125, uh, 12 to 17 BC, as well as Schoolboy 1, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's all two strokes, all 125s, and I was just talking to uh, Jadon Cooper, and he agreed. That class is absolute pandemonium. It, from the gate drop to the checkered flag, it is just all full go. Everybody in there, uh, the only way to ride a 125 is to absolutely just... just basically twist the throttle and, uh, and hope for the best. Um, And yeah, and you had bad starts. Like you said, you said off air, uh, you didn't have uh, great, great gate picks for either moto. uh, And that kind of puts you behind the eight ball, especially behind a lot of these kids who, like you said, go fast. Uh, So uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about the chaotic nature of those two classes.
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure. So the 125s. First off the kids in the, uh, this year are super fast and um, gritty that they, they won't really give up the position super easily that you have to really go for it. And with these 125s, is to, to make a pass or um, to just ride it in general, like you said, you have to be on the gas. So um, you can't really come like, stop, go, stop, go like you can on a 250. You have to just keep it on the pipe. So it, it kind of uh, creates an element of um, a different element in, in involved there. Cause it's a lot harder to um, ride the bike. So it, um, Implements with passing and whatnot. So, yeah.
0: Certainly. So, you've been on the 125 for just about over a year now. Last time we saw you at the ranch, here in the Super Mini class, which uh, obviously a little bit different platform uh, altogether, a little bit smaller bike. But w- what did you have that you could transfer over from the Super Mini over to the 125 as far as like riding style and just technique wise?
1: The Yamaha Super Mini, you kind of have to ride it like that, um, how you ride the 125. So, so that kind of implemented a little bit. Um, but it, it, it was you, the 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 85 in the ceremony yamaha w- were um i i enjoyed the bikes they were uh really finessey so it was it was a little bit different from the um other bikes it was it was a little more how like you have to kind of put the bike where you want it so yeah
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, So let's talk about some features on the track. Uh, Obviously, uh, the starts dug super deep. Those bad start positions didn't help you out there. Uh, But once you were able to get some good moto finishes after that, some good uh, gate picks uh, uh, resulted in you even having even better motos from there onward. Uh, Ten Commandments uh, and also that that one double heading back towards the sand, or I guess not the sand corner, but uh, that final big sweeper uh, before you head towards the finish, like... When you guys were sending that thing, like you can literally hear and you can feel the tires hit the ground um, when you guys are jumping that thing. I noticed that like you weren't jumping it as often as some of your other competitors. Honestly, I don't think it was that much faster on most occasions. But like, just take tell me a little bit about how much that takes out of you just to be basically like, if you don't land that thing like on the spot of exactly where you need to have it, you're basically ascending it about 45, 75 feet to uh, to completely flat.
1: Yeah, for sure. So the I didn't hit it really in the races at all because um, the the main reason I mean for for the impact and taking out of you that was um, I wasn't hitting it because of that so much. It was mainly because of blowing out wheels. People were were blowing out wheels uh, left and right. Um, I think Mike Brown. I may I may be wrong, but I think Mike Brandt Brown um, blew out a wheel yeah, and lost another wheeler. end because of that. Yeah. So so it it was really a lot of people were if you just make a mistake and you blow out a wheel it's race over. So I just decided to make up the half a second or whatever it was somewhere else. Um, instead of that jump, because it, it's, it's for sure, a, a launch and a half. And if you don't hit it perfect, you're either going over the bars or blowing out a wheel. So, uh, yeah, it's for sure. a tricky jump.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a pretty, be a pretty smooth operator to make that thing go. Uh, I saw Landon Gordon hitting that thing on a super mini time and time again. And I just, just shake my head. Uh, at just how hard those kids were hitting. um, Like, this year we had, like you said, not crazy heat, although me as a Canadian, uh, it was quite hot for me. I realized that it wasn't uh, as hot as it could have been. Uh, And then the rains came. And uh, that really threw a wrench into things, and they got every single one of the motos done on the final day, which did mean cutting the motos as far as lengthwise goes. Uh, What were your thoughts on that? Were you happy to see the motos go a little bit shorter uh, as far as just being able to get through it? Uh, Or are you someone who kind of um kind of does a little bit better when you have longer motos you get some good stamina you can you can pick guys off late in the motos
1: yeah i for sure um wish that it it um was longer motos because for me that that's that's my button When if i can't ever get a good start and i come to the pack i normally get around fifth through tenth and then those last two or three laps is where i make all the magic happen because everyone gets all fatigued and and um and i kind of pull through my, my dad's uh trains me so he does a pretty good job on that so um for me i i, I enjoy the longer mottos and i was kind of sad to see that um they shortened them to 10 minutes but you know they had to get it done so um can't blame them for that so
0: yeah we had to get things in some way somehow and we exactly did um so looking back on the week that was uh like could you give yourself a letter grade or or did you did you check off some boxes that you you wanted to obviously you're you're going there looking for some championships that didn't happen um but what positives can we take out of it
1: um the speed i um i didn't necessarily i mean i kind of did but i didn't necessarily realize how much speed i had until uh going into it just not uh based off of results just just looking at lap times i i had a lot of speed and um it was really nice to see that and um i kind of learned that i guess i'm a pretty good mud rider so anytime it rains in the future um i'll be excited and knowing that um i can shred in the mud and um yeah so those are probably about the um two main positives of the week and uh, a few other small ones like the starts um I kind of got him down on the last few motos but um I think I'll get him dialed down before the next national so yeah
0: fair enough so what what comes next for Kay Johnson uh I've mentioned that you're more than likely going to be hitting a uh getting a, a four stroke in the in the near future or maybe you stay down for another year what what's that look like for you
1: Honestly I have no idea um I kind of let that uh my parents decide um i'm thinking about maybe getting a four stroke and just riding around a little bit i might stay down another year i have no idea i just go out and race and try to win and then the rest of the um decisions are kind of done by my my team my family members all of that so um if i grow a lot i'll probably go 250 but i I don't know what the plans yet and uh yeah so i'm just kind of playing about year.
0: fair enough because you're about what five nine ish
1: um yeah think i'm about five nine right now i i grew a lot in the past um I, I i grew a lot in the past like uh week or two the if i go up to the 250 it'll be mainly weight that i have to gain because I, I already have good size lengthwise but i'm i'm only like 128 pounds so i would like to gain a few more pounds before i get on that 250.
0: I was gonna say you're pretty slight. Like I was just kind of looking at how well you fill out the uh, that uh, moose gear of yours, and uh, yeah, you you still got you're, you got some pretty skinny legs on you, big guy. Uh, so maybe mm. some uh, it'll be a little bit of time before um, we see on that four stroke. I'm sure you'd still be able to go a whole lot faster than I do on it, but that's not the benchmark, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, like so that that'll be a progression, and as far as age wise goes you you're still more than eligible to to be in the uh in both those classes you were racing like school boys, not an age class if as far as I know, um and uh the other class is twelve to seventeen, and you're not quite seventeen yet I think you're what are you fifteen?
1: yeah, so I have um the rest of this year uh next year, and then a the year after if I choose, but. If I decide to stay down on 125s, I'll only do next year, and then I'll probably raise um, 250 B mod and schoolboy two the next year. So, um, but I don't know if I'm going up right this year or um, next year. So, yeah.
0: Fair enough. And so, like, this is actually something that I posed, pose, a question I posed on Twitter yesterday, and a few people kind of got back to me on it. Um, more or less, people just kind of liked it. Uh, but my thoughts on just having the 125 in general, like um, like, I don't think Suzuki's going to roll one out anytime soon. Obviously, Kawasaki and Honda have left theirs in the dust many years ago. Um, but when it comes to like a stepping stone bike or a a bike that you can ride through your amateur career that I think can sort of help riders adjust, and maybe you can chime in on this is... Like going to a, a manufacturer like Yamaha or KTM and their other brands, um, I really think that having that 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 either the 150 or the 125 gives those brands a bit of a leg up on the competition when it comes to even signing somebody like you, either whether it's on 65s or 85s, is kids not only thinking about what's the good bike right now. But what bike am I going to graduate to? Because you, as well as I know, uh, getting on off of say like a KX85 or a KX Super Mini, and then grabbing uh, a, a 250F only moment or only months later—that's a big ask.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's actually kind of funny because that's one of the main reasons why we chose um, Yamaha is because they had a, a 125 and my dad realized that I was probably going to be a slow um, developer so he realized that we were probably going to ride that thing and um, yeah that's actually kind of funny that you say that but that that was one of the um, main reasons why we chose Yamaha it, uh, and um it's because of that 125 it's a stepping stone between Supermini and 250 cuz if you choose one of those brands that don't have a 125 you either have to stay down on Superminis another year and then go up or you have to go up to 250 Earlier than you want to, and that lead to injury or whatever. So, um, we decided um, to to stay with Yamaha for that reason.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that that idea, and I think that it, it honestly, it seriously shows in the in the results, in the fact that uh, one of the one of the team, like I think it was like eighty five cc, ten to eleven every single bike from first through 19th was, uh, an Austrian brand. And then 20th was a Yamaha. Um, there wasn't i I don't think there was a single Kawasaki in the whole class. Whereas if you spin the clocks back to my, my era, like you just see green fenders all the way down. Um, so certainly it, it seems like at least you just said in your, in your case that, uh, the 125 was a, was a, uh, like a, a big, um, sort of Kind of swayed your your choice, and and, and clearly uh, you're a big fan of it because you look good. Like the 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 17 machine, it was looking good this last weekend, man.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I was feeling pretty good on that track, Loretta's. I, I always really like Loretta's. Something's ba- something about it. Um, it's not. It, it's it's kind of a track different from others. It's, it's a little bit weird in some ways, but um, every single time I get on it, I get excited. My stomach starts turning, and uh, those gears start clicking. So. Um I love the, the the track in general.
0: It's definitely a track that especially on a 125, you do not get any time to to rest. Although on a run one twenty five you don't get a lot of time to rest regardless, but like, whether it's uh, trying to j- double into the into the Ten Commandments or some of the flatter sections, which that one straightaway after the, the, fir- the second straightaway that was heading towards the Ten Commandments, like, it actually turned into rollers the second day, which was ridiculous to me. It was so muddy. Um, it just started, like, almost getting whooped out. Um, there was no time to, to rest, whether you're going through Storyland or heading through the sand. Like, you're basically wide open and on that thing, just wrestling the 125 nonstop.
1: Yeah, for sure. The, the, the Loretta's track is insanely, insanely rough. So um, just, just the, especially on the 125, like you said, it's, it, it's, it's for sure tough. Those, um, those break bumps turn into doubles and you have to start doubling through them. And, and then you can't, you can't ride. It, it's hard to ride the Loretta's track, how you're supposed to ride at 125 because on a 125 you're supposed to be just like in third, fourth gear Bra, like around around the outsides, and there's not really any outside, so it, it for sure throws a curveball. But I, I I like the the the, the curveball, I guess you could say. So um yeah
0: keeps you on your toes, man. Like one of the things that I, uh, I happened to notice about uh, practice was just how big the braking bumps got going into the billboard corner. Uh, I actually was just sitting chatting with uh, uh, Logan Best. Uh, I think it was actually during one of your practices. And like we were like, yeah, there's no way the, they're going to rip it the same way. Um, the track was actually very different from practice to, to the motos. Um, did you notice that at all? And uh, yeah, like um, what, what were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, for sure. Loretta's, um, every year, the, the practice day and race day are, it's almost a completely different track because they they, they implement a whole bunch of um, dirt. They bring in a whole bunch of dirt, sand, mulch, everything, and it hasn't quite mixed in yet. So then it's like sand, mulch, uh, old Loretta's dirt, sand, mulch, old Loretta's dirt, and then by race day, it all combines to that perfect Loretta's dirt that you know and love. So the the practice day and the race day are so different but some, some of those breaking out sections where it's just mulch and it hasn't mixed in yet get huge on practice day like crazy come bombing in all excited from for that you're on the first practice of loretta's and you have a four foot bump staring right at you so um yeah
0: fair enough man well you were able to uh, to conquer it uh like i said no championship for you this year but uh like you said uh, i believe you you got one moto win did you not
1: yeah i did
0: Got a moto win, got to feel good about that. Learned that we're, we're damn good in the mud. So next time that we're at, uh, whether it's Freestone or the Ranch, which you're, you're like, before you graduate from the Ranch completely, I guarantee you're going to have an absolute mutter of a moto. I'm sure you're not super stoked to hear that, but I, I don't think there's any way, shape, or form around it. That's just going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, um, I think that's, it's, it was a good week. Um, and moving forward, when will, we, when will we see you next?
1: Um, I don't really know what my next race is. It might be the um, Ironman Combine, it might be Baja, or it might be Mammoth. It might be any of those three, but um, I'll, I'm excited going in there, knowing that I got a second Loretta's, and um, yeah, ready for battle.
0: Love it, man. Well, I uh, appreciate the time. Uh, you are one fast Texan, my friend, and I uh, really appreciate you making the time for the podcast. Um, yeah, I know you've got an impressive list of sponsors. Give them some love before I hang this call up.
1: <laughs> no problem. National Shift Association, Yamaha Blue Crew, Rock River, um, Danny Lewis, Donnie Luce, Ed Torrance, um, B J Burns MX University, uh, MTF for Let Me Train There This Summer, um, Colin Millsap, Brian, uh, my mechanics, Caleb Donaldson, Robert, um, Ed, Monster Army, Dunlop uh tires, hundred percent, Bell Helmet, Moose Racing, Parts Limited, Alpine tar Boots, hundred percent goggles, just everyone that um it's helped me out thank you
0: awesome man well like i said i appreciate your time this evening uh and you were doing a radiothon earlier so i think you are completely done with talking for at least the rest of the week uh you're off the hook my friend uh like uh you have yourself a great rest of your night
1: thank you you do too
0: and there he goes Kade johnson on the verb moto broadcast Hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts. Um, if you guys have any suggestions and what you'd like to hear from the Verb Moto crew, please let us know via social media. would love to hear from you. If this is the first episode you're checking out, glad you're joining us and hope that you like, subscribe, and uh, want to watch some more. So have yourselves a great rest of your day. And as always, thanks for listening.
2: Kids up to grown men walk through the gates of the coal miner's daughter to make a point clearer than the creek water. Who's the best? Who's it gonna be in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee? Can you feel the adrenaline? Dirt flies, hypnotized by the wind spin. Hear the crowd, everybody's whistling, loud on the fence. If you can put it all together three times, this one we can. Bring. Second cards on its side.